Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast. I'm excited to welcome a photographer that I have admired for years. So, welcome to the podcast, Tom Milton. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm just so thrilled. I mean, okay, how long have we been trying to do this? I think I posed this idea of a conversation, what, three, four, six months ago? Uh, if you added all those numbers together, I think you'd be closer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been too long. So apologies on my part, but I think we've both been uh, rather busy with life, haven't we? Yes, it's... it's uh, it never ever ever ending but um we have been blessed by your your blog posts but we'll get into that later but I, it's not like we haven't seen ama- your amazing images so i'm super excited to talk with you about them because you, i think you do some really unique work on so many levels so let's let's get into it um can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Like how long have you been a photographer, your background, equipment, kind of like set the stage here for a little bit. Yeah, so I suppose to start with kind of, I'm I'm an artist and designer by kind of training and trade, I guess. Um, do a lot of other things in my life, um, but went to university, studied fine art, um, which has probably skewed me in the direction I am now. Photography, from a toy perspective i i had a good look back actually in preparation for this and uh i think 2015 was the the kind of time scale when i took my first toy photo um and that was um ironically for the way this conversation is probably going to go but that was on a skiing trip um in kind of i had a snow trooper in my pocket and a point and click camera and kind of away we went uh, my friend and i just took a day out from hitting the slopes and, and just took some pictures so from there I, it was more just a on a whim on a holiday kind of thing but i think i suppose i started to look into it i found different people like yourself and others where um other people were doing similar things um and i think went into a kind of territory where I, I was doing a job at the time where product photography kind of ended up on my plate. So there's a lot of white box photography in my early days. Um, but that's just kind of evolved as my tastes have changed, the equipment's improved, um, and we've gone from there. So I've, I've started with a, a point and click camera. Um, so I had a Sony RX100, I think a Mark II or III um, so in my early days. Um, I evolved that with um, so macro filters or diopters, depending on what you want to call it. So I magnetized those to the front. So kind of that was my early days of bodging lenses. Um, and then I moved into a an uh, Alpha 7, Sony Alpha 7, um, as a mirrorless option. Uh, I think I'm one step behind you. I bought the original rather than the Mark II um, because it was cheaper, um, saved me some money. But um, from there, I suppose the biggest thing that probably skews with where I am at the moment is I now shoot anamorphic. Um, So I have a dual setup on my camera. So I have two lenses. One is a fairly standard um, prime. Um, So at the moment, I'm using a 100mm macro. 
Um, but on the front of that, I've bolted on um, an old um, anamorphic lens. So it gives you that kind of um, that widescreen view. Um, so obviously for anyone who's not aware, to just explain anamorphic, um, it will compress a widescreen image onto your 4x3 sensor. Um, and then what you do is you uncompress. So you basically resize the image once you get it into Photoshop. So everything comes into your camera squished and, and squashed in, and then you have to, to change it afterwards. So much so, ironically, I was I was editing a photo earlier that my brother walked past and saw, and he was um, why is the Lego man so skinny? Um, but obviously it was a it was a pre-compressed image um, before I'd before I'd fixed it. So I think I'm in, a, especially I suppose in the toy photography side of things, I've not seen anyone else, but uh, it's a very rare thing generally for photographers to try and shoot anamorphic. Obviously, it's more of a cinematic thing, but yeah, it's a recycled um, German projector lens that I. I bought off of eBay and I've kind of cobbled together into my Franken lens, as I call it, and kind of ended up, I suppose, with the kind of images that you see that I take today. Which are, are if anybody hasn't seen it, Tom's work, the images look like they're from a old cinemascope uh, film style, that super wide, super skinny uh, wraparound sort of feel. Uh, and we'll link to and have images on the blog of this lens, and he's talked about it before. And it's it's how much does it weigh, Tom? Uh, too much. Um, <laughs> several several kilos. Um, so I'm not sure what that would be um, in in pounds, but yeah, it. I I have a sore back when I when I go out walking, which again we can we can talk about as we go. So so when you talk about when you're when you're. Uh, have your setup and you're looking through and you see it so what you see on the screen if you even see anything on your screen it's super squished and everything is compressed into the middle how the heck do you focus so you have to you have to manual focus um so automatic focus is out of the window but that also means you can save a bit a bit of money on your lenses um with what you're choosing um so it's a two-step focus so you have to focus both lenses um generally with the anamorphic one i've got it focused to the the, you know the closest point to the lens because most of the things that i photograph are so small um you know being a toy but in theory you can focus to infinity i think it goes between that three meters to infinity um if i just looked through that lens on its own but generally i leave it on three meters um, when you combine that with the 100mm macro, then it's really and truthfully, it's just about focusing that. But if I if I take some of the shots where obviously I've, I've started to go out into the world with this thing, then it is a, it's a dual focus where you have to. So a lot of patience and a lot of time. It's, it's really slowing me down on the, the images I take. Um, very, very much like I don't, you know, I, I watch probably a lot of landscape photography tutorials and things on YouTube. People just go out and stand there for several hours. It's kind of pushing me into that kind of direction where you've got to slow right down and you've got to make sure and really consider. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge, but, you know, it's part and parcel of the, the package, I guess. I, I think that slowing down and the care that you're taking with each image which is forced upon you literally by the equipment that you're choosing 
shows in what you're achieving with each image because you're you're slowing down you're you're there's so much effort to get the camera and the lens out into the field that you're not gonna just I don't know point and shoot you literally you're Very considering true. every angle the composition the lighting because there's so much trouble you better get it right the first time or within the first few right very very much so yes that if you've gone however far that you go if you've carried that thing with you you don't want to be going back per se but yes it's it's very much moved me away from rock out six or seven pictures in a, in a in a moment and actually it's it's probably you know i'm lucky if i go for a walk and i'll i'll come back with three reasonable shots it's it's definitely reducing the number of photos i have but not in a bad way because i think it you know it it's just making better imagery come out of the work that I do I think yeah you're creating you're literally creating your images with intention and I have to say I'm very impressed that you come back with three because I was really expecting you to say you come back with one and I was going to go yeah one I would think it'd be great three is like should we should we say three with say three stars maybe one with five you know you're, you're in that territory but there are some days where you'll just go out and shoot absolutely nothing or days where you'll get the focusing so badly wrong that you've walked however far or you've gone wherever you've gone and it's all a dud um so it is the challenge and as i say you know i think that's the bit where you start to rush where you chase the light or whatever the case may be and 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 some days you just have to accept it wasn't the right day and it didn't work out so you know that's just like a whole nother issue that comes up is like when you're doing outdoor photography, which is very different than studio photography, you're not controlling the light. It is constantly changing. And to me, it feels like it changes faster when you're doing macro or smaller toys because it doesn't take much of the sun's movement one one degree and it changes your light com- entirely. That yep. you're fighting the changing light while you're setting up this incredibly elaborate. So the if you go to a, a place and the light looks great and you go, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this beautiful light, by the time you get set up, the light's gone. Exactly. So I think it it makes you... One thing I would say about all photography, especially the toy photography as well, which is interesting, it rubs off on the people around me as well, is you must get this, you look at things differently. You're wandering around the world and you're looking at it from a person point of view, but you're also looking at it from a toy photographer point of view. And what does that turn into or what does that look like? You know, I don't know, like a set of steps for me. I'm walking up the steps. Okay, yeah, but could it be a corridor? Could it be an angle where I could put an action figure and actually that will look like, you know, a street level or it'll look like, you know, um, you know I, I found like root balls and things and, and you can have it where you, you're looking at it as a tree. But, you know, if I stick a little minifigure in there, which I've done in the past, you know, it's a little valley that they're walking through. You know, there's so many things that you see differently. But as I say, when when my family or my girlfriend are starting to point at things and going, "Oh, could you imagine a little person in there?" or that, you know, I I know I'm probably rubbing off on a few more people that I should. <laughs> That's fabulous that they're helping you with your scouting your locations. Yeah, definitely. But I can see that that this process leads you to. Re- repeat locations just because it's easier once you get to know a place that you know kind of what the light's going to be like and what you're going to get yeah for sure and i think when you're when you're local or um or when it's a it's a close place like i know you talked about your favorite puddle many a times but 
the more in tune you get with that place, you might not get your best picture on the first attempt there. You you may go back six, seven, eight times, but actually you saw something different or the light was different or, you know, there was a frost or whatever, you know, different things will happen in different spaces in different in different times. So just because you've been to somewhere once doesn't necessarily mean you you got it right the first time. I mean sometimes going back will will bring you better rewards or just different rewards. So um, so yeah, some things are some things are duplicates. Some things like go way way too far uh, away to maybe repeat the process. But um, you know, it's also part of the adventure, isn't it? Going going different places, and seeing different things. I absolutely agree. There there are two di- very different ways of approaching outdoor photography. One is the adventure. Uh, you're traveling. You're going someplace new. You take a few toys, and you're like, "What can I get?" And you're open to getting them or not getting them. You just have to know that you may come back with zero. But when you go back to the same location repeatedly, and I've learned this over the 10 years at my favorite puddle in that park, is watching watching the nature evolve and how much it changes over time is I, I, really magical. Yeah, you definitely. never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and I think you, you become it becomes a more intimate space, doesn't it, where you couldn't you know it and it, it evolves and it changes but you can start to use that in particular ways so you know i would probably say for me um there's a there's a monument which is close to me which lots of people will see in lots of my pictures where you know star wars characters tend to be walking around in this big stone structure but uh it's it's brilliant that it, it's split into two and then there's just these four rocks that hold the top half above the bottom half and it makes it the perfect scale for kind of a temple scene or something of that nature but that light will come at it from different angles you know weather will come in from different angles and different things i know sometimes i i use a lot of atmosphere to to catch the light but i think there's one photograph i took of of zori from the rise of skywalker and, and the light cuts across at an angle and i completely missed it in the real world and it wasn't until i got home but this 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 shaft of light it covers the you know, the bottom um, right diagonal corner, as it were, and then the top left is kind of in the shade. And I completely missed it in the real world. It was just the fact that I got home, spotted it. So, But that light moving around that monument at different points. You just keep going back and you learn new things and you see new things, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I've learned to recognize the tree and the monument in your work, but I never, ever feel like you're repeating yourself. I think yeah, I think that's fair as well. Is we're always trying to do something new with it. So you're you're talking about the curved tree where I took the picture of the uh, there's a picture of Ahsoka, and then from the other side there's a picture of um, the Patronus, and then through the tree I've taken some pictures of Stranger Things and Dementors and different stuff from a Lego point of view as well. So. It, you, you you find these spots, don't you? And and the light comes through, and the background works, um, and you just kind of return to them and investigate them more. And and you know, one one space doesn't necessarily mean one photograph; it could mean many. So it's those spaces. I don't know; they're kind of special, aren't they? Yes, they are, and and I recognize that in your work. And I'm always excited to see what fun toy you're going to put into it because. I think both of those spaces have very similar, they work so well with the anamorphic lens because they frame 
on the sides, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. which is which is very different than your indoor work where things are very center focused on those ones they tend to be more the the layouts are are wider they're more expansive they're very i'm always fascinated with what you come up with thanks and i think yeah i think that's something which for me it's probably a big thing that i've really thought about this year um i know we've talked about it in the past and obviously star wars is a big influence on me and my life and it's one of my you know one of my loves um but it's it's also kind of what you take out of that and and i know we had a conversation about it in the past of kind of you know we saw that episode of the mandalorian where ahsoka turns up and it's very influenced by samurai movies and kurosawa um but i think that's i was thinking about this today with with kind of preparing for this that's what i take out of those kinds of things it's it's a figure in a landscape or a figure in an environment um how am i going to frame that how am i going to look at it I'm not really fussed about stormtroopers blowing each other up or that kind of the wars part of it, but actually the framing of a, a figure, whether it be a Western influence or a you know, samurai influence or things like that. I think that's the thing that as I learn more for me about kind of cinematography I'm seeing, that's where my influences are coming in. So I think you're correct as I've tried to do more outdoor photography where I was very studio based to begin with. I think that, it feels like that's coming to the fore more. So you're blocking and you're framing, and what can you use in the real world to frame within your frame, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm kind of looking into, and I suppose evolving within my work. You can definitely see that, and whenever I see your images, when you you talk about that, they're like they're the they're the pauses in the movie. They're the they're the moments before the battle. Or just after the battle, they're 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 those moments in a movie where you can you can pause and reflect on the light and the story and the heightened excitement. I mean, that's that's what I that's what I feel when I when I'm looking at your images. Yeah, and I hope um, I hope for I suppose because what are we doing? We're we're trying to tell stories with a a static image, aren't we? So I think it's like it's about the potential. Um, of where that story could go and what it could be and and I think that's probably what leans me into where I where I'm at at the moment of trying to take pictures of things in situ whether it's be across a vista or you know going around a corner or whatever the case may be but like it's a moment where something's going to happen next or where have they come from where are they going to and and that kind of thing um, rather than capturing a snapshot it, it's more hopefully uh, a kind of say potential of what's coming next or what came before and that i think of myself i suppose as, as a you know a hobbyist movie maker and you know it's just the benefit that my actors generally tell me do what i tell them to do um unless they're falling over obviously and that's a it's a whole different story with it we all deal with isn't it yeah which i guess brings me to a question that i that kind of came up as we were talking about how you got started and just sort of happenstance. I do remember that first photo of on the and the snowfield and and just with the Lego and just sort of evolving from there. Is so Tom, why toys? I mean, well, where where is this coming from? Again, I think I think it's from I've I've never grown up um, and yes, <laughs> it, I, and I I aspire to never grow up um, and I think there's a level of that. I think you know. Um, I'm openly influenced by popular culture, um, you know, 
popular, most popular in Star Wars, but other things as well. Um, and just, yeah, I think the Lego side of things is probably the biggest thing. Uh, my parents brought me up on Lego. Um, lots of the Lego that I do photograph, especially the, the spacemen, are from when I was about five. They're still the same ones. Um, so that never went away. And even though I've got younger siblings, my parents were very kind to me that they put the Lego away and no one got to share it. So every other toy that I had was fine. They can play with those. They can break them, everything else. Um, but my Lego got put in the loft and kept secure and safe for when I got older. And I've just found a new use for it. So I think there's a level of that. I think when I was at university, I was very interested in scale. Um, when I was when I was I was making artwork, so whether that be stop motion animation, um, or or different kind of video installations, I used to take a lot of board games and things, but blow them up to giant proportions. So whether it be a game of noughts and crosses, or battleships, or uh, Connect Four, but you know they would be 30, 40 foot wide on a on a big wall projected up. So I, I like that element of scale as well. I think probably the toy photography kind of leans back into that, you know, especially for me trying to make things look kind of not real, but cinematic and the appropriate scale to to kind of fit and work. Um, it's very important. I find it with where I where I live. Obviously, you know, England has got lots of um, outdoor spaces, but not necessarily as as rural as other parts of the world. So uh, it's very challenging to find spaces where there isn't a house or a telephone pole or a, a you know whatever the case may be the signs of humanity where you maybe you know make it believable that it's another part of the world or another planet or wherever the case may be so yeah i think that sense of scale kind of brought me back um and as i say i conveniently had a big pile of toys ready to go so kind of out of the loft they came and away they went so yeah thanks mum and dad I'm so impressed that the the classic um, spacemen that you use are the same ones that you had as a kid because they are in exceptionally good care. So you were very clearly a very careful child when you played with them. I, very much so. Um, I didn't like getting dirty. I didn't like having mess. Um, I I basically get described in my family because we're we're everyone's kind of inherited this like for Lego as um, I am basically resident business just without the craggle um things have their particular spaces i just never got around to gluing them together um but yes i can see how that skill would serve you well with your style of photography as well because it's just the the carefulness and if anyone has had the privilege of seeing the indoor setups those are masterful in in how in in their ingenuity and the cleverness of what you're what you're putting together. I, I yeah, I, I think. Thank you. I think I. It's. I, I've always been, and this isn't to to say it's right or it's wrong, um, but I've never really liked the super shallow depth of field stuff unless it's appropriate. Um, and I, I've always wanted to try and avoid that being a, a crutch for me, where I can just blur out the background. Um, and it's always been a challenge that I find to try and how do I build and how do I structure sets? And I'm getting better at it. I'm, I'm far from brilliant at it, I would say. But it's about figuring out how do I create depth in my photographs, which is believable, which is understandable, um, 
You know, how do you make your foreground floor, for example, blend into the background and look like a continuous thing without a cutoff on it? And and those kinds of things. Where's where's your middle ground coming from? So things like fish tanks full of gas um, to give yourself a mist that will will drift off in. Um, or obviously kind of like lighting setups and things, which I know we've talked about in the past of what I do with, with kind of LED torches and stuff. I keep it very simple, um, but I like practical effects. I like special effects. And I think that comes back to that movie making thing as well. Um, what can I achieve in camera? You know, I suppose I've made a very particular choice of camera now. Um, I've always been kind of, I like that kind of lens flare and that cinematic look, which I was, I was faking before with a scratch CD case to just get the, the light to pop. But now the actual lens does that thing. And, you know, I've probably got less lens flares in my pictures now that I've got an anamorphic one, but it's still, I can shine the light in the right spot. Um, I love the fact that I, I've, you know, via China, but you found like light up lightsabers now. So the light's real. Um, all those types of things, I guess, that, that set the scene rather than um, a figure in front of a background whatever whatever the case may be so so yeah Yeah, it's just kind of putting things together playing more than anything because you say it's masterful and i just think it it's a playing card stuck to a led torch that shined at a particular angle while i'm kind of desperately trying to press the button on the camera to get the shutter to work so i bodge it together in my opinion but you know um it's interesting i suppose that other people see it differently it's interesting because you're not relying on buying gadgets or expensive accessories, both in lighting or in backgrounds. You're cobbling it together in, and, like you say, the the playing card as your uh, as a as a snoot, it, it, those sorts of or a barn door, I guess. On in that case, I mean, you're like you're you're just taking everyday objects around you and bringing them in and controlling your light in this in I guess you know not particularly sophisticated ways but the 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 um the results are are very are complex yet so simple I guess that's what always kind of blows me away is I know what's going into them I know how much care you're putting into each image but what comes through is this effortless simplicity Mm. Uh, yeah, here. Yeah. I can just go on and on and on. <laughs> Tom, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. um, I think I think something really interesting at that point. It's just sprung into my head, and I know I talk about this guy so much, but like Roger Deakins as a cinematographer, um, and when you when you start to read up on him and what he does is, you know, the, the, he just gets regular everyday light bulbs, screws them to a big board, and just make masses of them. He's literally doing the same thing of just using everyday hardware materials to to make it and yet then he goes and produces you know things like all his movies with the coen brothers or things he does with denis villeneuve in, in the sense of like you know blade runner um or you know 1917 things of that it's very very simple stuff it's not complicated it's just 800 times the size of what we do and i think it's a real kind of testament to you know you've said it to me so many times keep it simple stupid um you know it's, it's a very similar thing so you know it yeah what's around me what can i do i get an idea how do i achieve it with literally the things i have to hand 
Um, I think it was a a watering can, you know, spout that I was shining light through the other day because I wanted a particular thing and it was sat there next to the sink. So I thought I'd give it a go. It's like, it's not always, like you say, about buying the right kit. It's about having an idea and experimenting and, and, and playing, I guess. Yeah, it's the idea. It's it's the for me the idea is more paramount than than the results and your process has forced you because it's so complex to really think about that idea. So if you're going to go to the trouble, it better be a good idea. And I and I see that. I mean, yeah. I life goals. Someday I'll get there. <laughs> but uh. Uh, we'll have some good examples of some of this uh, uh, with the blog post that, that it t- um, accompanies this. So er- a lot of these things that we're talking about, the lens, mm-hmm. the setup, the fishbowl, some of these lighting things, we'll have some images so you can kind of see what this looks like. And hopefully uh, you, the listener, will go and take the time to look. Um, but another thing, Tom, I mean, it's been a while since we talked, but you have had one heck of a 2021. I know we're in 2022, but when you look back... Uh, on last year, can you tell our listeners a few of the highlights of your busy, busy year? Yeah, it's, it, it has been. It's been a year in many, many senses, hasn't it? But yeah, from a toy photography point of view, lots of things have happened. And I suppose it starts with, um, you know, not far off this time last year, you asked me to, to kind of, I don't know whether we call it a workshop or a walkthrough or a demo. Or, but as part of the the virtual meetup in in January last year, and and kind of what we were what we were doing there, and and that was I suppose the start for me of of the next question you asked, which was, do you want to write for the blog? Um, and I think that's been a massive change in in how I operate and what I do now. Um, I hope my behind the scenes is getting a little bit better, um, to show people what's going on. But I think very much like what we've talked about i suppose so far i i'm really key to to share the ways i do things um how i just kind of end up on on these various bits and pieces um but also kind of where my influences are coming from i think that's the artist in me and the fine art kind of education of kind of need to say where you're coming from and you also need to appreciate that you know we all steal ideas from everybody else, don't we? Nothing's particularly original. We're just remixing what we know from before. So I think it's, I really enjoy kind of sharing that bit too of just kind of like, well, I took this and I took that and I kind of amalgamated together and I, I poured a watering can in and this is what I came up with. Um, so so I think, yeah, they're kind of one flew into the other, but I've really kind of tried to stick with the positive feedback that came from that. Um, that kind of the, I say a walkthrough maybe that I did part of the virtual uh, meetup and, and just kind of tried to flow that through with with the blog posts and that's coming up on almost a year now of me posting on the blog so hopefully people are enjoying what I what I write about um, on that front um, on other sides of things I've had a few um, kind of uh, what would you say call them Instagram features um, so a few few other groups um, just asking can I share information of what i do and some of my images and some behind the scenes so it's been two or three of those that have happened and um, obviously you've got me involved with uh with with the brick journal article that's upcoming so uh hopefully that will again give a bit more uh, of a similar thing with some new shots 
um, that are kind of old shots now, but still can't talk about them. So that's quite a unique thing that you're taking pictures of things that you can't do it. Um, working with uh, working with with Guy from um, with crazy uh, crazy arms and crazy legs, um, which I've started doing this year, taking again some more secret photos for for what they're doing over on that side of things and. I think for for that I'm I'm very very grateful for one you put me in touch with him but two it's been a real boost again to get back into some Lego photography where I think I was quite heavy into the the action figurey side of things um, and that was a that was definitely a get your brain kind of churning on what ideas have I got with Lego and and yeah I suppose it's just a new element isn't it with with those arms and those legs just just changing the dynamic of your minifigures a little bit. So, so that's been cool. Um, taking up a bit of my time recently. Um, I suppose the biggest thing that I guess we have to talk about is what happened with Flickr. Um, with the uh, with that's huge. This is huge. With the uh, with their Lego competition. Um, so yeah. Um, obviously being being one of the winners of that was was enormous. Um, I think I've just about caught up with my social media interactions from that um i've always been someone who's thought i'm i I will respond if people respond to me and and make a comment i i tend even if it's a thank you i will i will put it back um but yeah that went crazy for a few weeks um a little while back so and ironically one of the highlights of this year is a photo that i took two years ago um but with everything we've talked about so far and, and kind of what i'm thinking about at the moment the fact that I climbed a mountain and took some pictures um, halfway up a halfway up a mountain in Snowdonia in northern Wales, kind of, I don't know, it kind of rings true to what I'm also doing now. So, so yeah, it's been been a lot of stuff happening. Um, I'm still currently building my Marilyn Monroe pictures that I, I won. Um, they came through in the post quite quickly, but uh, novel having having that much lego just turn up on your doorstep for for free that was nice but uh <laughs> slowly work slowly working through through making those um but yeah no it's amazing amazing stuff um obviously on on the smug mug stuff with youtube and um you know with anna and alistair talking and stuff it was, it was just great you know it was, it was, everyone was so positive um and and yeah it was i think it was also so amazing how many people entered that thing and it showed the volume i think it was anna who said um the fact that we just took over the explore part of Flickr for a day as as toy photographers um which they kind of accepted and just they just went with as as a company with Flickr. Uh, that was possibly the the best thing out of all of it was just you know 300 400 pictures that they just pulled out and there was nothing else in explore on that day it was just lego photography so that was that was super cool as well. So it's great to win, but it was great to just be part of it too. I, I remember that day and flicking through that, and I was just so impressed and thrilled and proud of our community and what we had created and that we were getting some notice from this company that's been around forever and really is where if you're really photography more photography than toys this is where you're posting and to have that recognized and I was so pleased with all six photographers who were were recognized in this way because I loved all the images and I thought they really showed 
the breadth and the creativity and what's possible with toy photography. I was just like, I was just like, I'm just so proud of that day. It was so cool. And, and to see you be as the winner, I was just like, yay. So was I. I was definitely <laughs> yaying as well. Uh, so obviously we, we found out a little earlier, which was awkward because I was on holiday at the point and then I had to try and get back online to confirm that I wish to accept the prize and everything else. And, so it was a little bit of a, um, a carry on to get it sorted, um, you know, but that's normal with me. Um, but no, it was, it was awesome. And kind of, yeah, it, it took them so long. So obviously there were so many pictures as well. They had such a, a response to it that they just weren't prepared for. So, yeah, I think it was, like you say, amazing for the community, really shows what everyone can do. Um, and yeah, I guess personally, it was just really nice to be recognized and the exposure that I've got from it has been, been awesome. So. So yeah, really cool. I hope it leads to even more cool, amazing things for you. Um, so you had talked about working with Crazy Bricks and Guy and his um, uh, his crazy arms and his crazy legs, which is just both great products. And if you were looking for mo- more flexibility with your Lego, which as we all know, only has seven points of articulation versus a action figure, which you can do all sorts of amazing things with. So you're one of the few photographers that I know that really can photograph both Lego and action figures well. Thank you. How do you do that? Again, I think it comes back to what I was mentioning before about framing things, framing subjects, framing um, people, figures, whatever the case may be, um, in a frame. And I think that's the bit that I've kind of, I've kind of got with it's. I was interested. One of your questions was obviously about kind of um, my style, or uh, and and I'm. It's interesting because you always say to me, "Is the, I know your style when I see it. I know it's your photograph," and I I don't quite know. From a visual point of view, it's it's challenging to figure out what my style is. I'm, I'm quite fluid, and I move between things. I know some people will only photograph certain figures or Lego or whatever, but I think for me, it, it's about that structure in that framing it's about what does my image look like and how how am i telling that story with that figure so sometimes lego is the right thing sometimes an action figure is the right thing and i think that again comes back to that fine art training where quite quickly i I, i'm not a painter i'm not a photographer i'm not a you know a sculptor i'm all of those things and i'll do the right thing to tell the story i want to do and i think toys are no different you know I take pictures of spaceships, I take pictures of action figures, um, I take pictures of minifigures. Um, and I think it's just using the right thing to tell the right story that I, I want to do. And as a result, I don't particularly think of them any differently. Um, they've all got their limitations, but limitations make you think outside the box. So that's never a bad thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but it's kind of about not really worrying about what it is but more about what best lets me do what i i think my story or my ideas oh that answers it really well and it makes me when i think about your style what comes to mind is light it's how you play with light and how you illuminate the figures uh sometimes it's a simple portrait where the figure is emerging from the shadows sometimes they're backlit uh, emerging from a cage, a, a cave type situation or outdoors, but it's always, it's the lighting. It's 
that I think what separates your style for me. Maybe I mean your, yours is fairly light, intricate as well. You know, we both we both have a, a tendency to flare up a little bit and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the. It, I think you know I was thinking about it. And it's like lots of my images are quite contrasty. Um, not through it being a style choice, but um, it's something really interesting about action figures specifically um especially you know i i I mean i spent hundreds of pounds on a figure um i spent 20 pounds on a figure or dollars similar sense they're they're about the same price um but you know they're 3d things and for 20 pounds or 20 dollars you're not going to get a brilliant you know if you buy a i don't know a, a marvel legends or a black series star wars figure from hasbro you're not going to get the best paint applications on that kind of thing. You're not paying the money that you're going to get a little little sculpture, you you know. But actually, when you light those things correctly, they come to life because actually all the shapes and the structure is a 3D in image, isn't it? It's a 3D object that we're taking and turning into a photograph. And I think that's where the lighting kicks in. That I find these things really do come to life with the right lighting. Um, and again. It's just generally normally me holding a torch off at a funny angle just off of camera um, or like I've shown in the past where I've, I've started using um, science lab stands, sticking the, sticking the torches in instead of the test tubes and just angling them at the right angle. But yeah, I, I think, you know, lighting is important because it, it does bring these 3D objects to, to life, which otherwise can look quite flat and static, can yeah, they, they can. And I think that's the advantage that the action figures have over the Lego is they do have those curves and the, the 3D sculpt that captures the light. Lego is very flat and plastic and reflective. So you have to approach the light a little bit differently when you're when you're photographing them. Definitely. Um, a lot of diffusion, I find. <laughs> A lot of bouncing. I find you get to bounce your light a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so what, um, when you're looking back at 2021, we kind of like went through some of the highlights. What was your favorite memory from 2021? So my favorite memory from 2021 will probably be absolutely nothing that I've just talked about. Um, the Flickr thing's amazing, but it's it's a bit weird because it's from 2019 that I took the picture. Um but actually, I think I, I thought about this a lot today, preparing for this. And there's two things that, that stand out for me, which is over the last couple of months, I've done a little bit of traveling. And it reminded me of a blog post that you wrote about how you never necessarily get your best things. or You don't plan very well when you're trying to take photographs when you're on holiday. Um, you just throw a few things in your pocket. I think I probably skew this in a different direction. And my girlfriend has got used to me now going, do you mind if I bring camera equipment with me? It's like, and she's like, yes, I assumed you were anyway. Um, but two things I've done. So I went recently to Lanzarote. Um, so um, that's, um, if you don't know, it's the Canary Islands, which are a small group of Spanish islands off of the coast of Morocco. Um, they're all volcanic. Um, so it's like walking on Mars. Um, there's no better way to describe it. Um, it's just a completely amazing place to be and photographing Boba Fett in the sunset 
on my own in the middle of a volcanic field was pretty cool. And the other one was I took my Paul Atreides figure from June to another holiday that we went to in Cyprus. And I uh, climbed inside of a cave and took some pictures um, with the light kind of beaming through. And I think I was just so content in those moments of I'm in the right place doing the right thing and it's just doing my stuff. And I, I just, yeah, very, very content in those moments doing the right thing for me. So they, those would actually be my favorite moments of 2021. That's photography as good as it gets. Definitely. I can totally relate to that. Being by yourself in a beautiful location with your toys and your camera and having the time and giving yourself the space to just create. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, with everything else going on, it's a bit of a kind of sideways response, but definitely, um, definitely that. No, it's not a sideways response. This is a response that I totally, totally get and can really appreciate. Um, so we've talked a lot about your anamorphic lens and it's more than a couple pounds and you travel clearly with a tripod and you're shooting upside down and you're in this compressed moment and there's a lot of challenges and you're creating images that literally are, they're not square. Instagram is square and that's where everyone plays. and. I personally, I gravitate towards Flickr just so that I can see your work in its full glory without having to flip through three panels. Um, so I'm curious, how do you compensate for these various platforms that you're posting to with this crazy format that you've chosen? Yeah, um, I don't. It's probably the easiest answer to that. Um, I have for a long time. I've, I've played around. You know, I, I, I took a period where once I got to the anamorphic, um so to to start with i took four by threes um you know your standard kind of sizes um that i started to crop to give it an, a, a kind of you know a cinema scope feel like you said um but eventually i obviously like we've talked about a lot here built this lens which will will do that for me the way i would say is properly you know it's doing what it actually does and you know in in cinema where you compress and uncompress um but obviously yeah like you say most things want either a square or as close to square as possible. And sometimes I've gone down the route of putting close-ups in um, as you're my first picture, which then says, please scroll to see the real thing. Um, but I think it was, it was probably this year, actually. I just came to the conclusion that's like, these are the choices you've made. This is what you do. If you want to do this, you have to deal with that. And and I would be very similar to you in the sense of I would prefer Flickr be, you know, more used. But we all know that the beast we have to deal with is Instagram. So I've just kind of come to the point where, well, I'd rather be truer to what things I like to do and what I want to make than I would to compromise it for the platforms. And that probably means I get less exposure um, and I get less engagement. But it means that I'm I'm being genuine to myself and the work I want to make. Um, and I think that's something that I've played around with social medias and, and adapting to it. But 
I've kind of just thought, tough. If the right people see it, and the people that want to see it see it, um, the right viewership will be there. And, and those are much more valuable than, I guess, bumping your numbers. I don't know. Um, hopefully that Considering how successful your 2021 was, and you had some highlights that I think most photographers can only dream of, including myself, that by just going with what sticking with your creative vision regardless of what the platform certainly has not stopped you you may not have 35 50,000 followers but it doesn't seem like your creative life has been stifled in any way no certainly not and i think it's it's those things like we've talked about that the creativity comes from me from from playing and from trying different things and you know, hopefully I've kind of explained a little bit of where I've got to this crazy lens setup while we've been talking today. And and that's that's the right thing, because that's the bit that inspires me to get out there, to take photos and to do different things and to research more stuff. Um, and, you know, I think it's been a few years to, to get there, but sticking with your guns kind of, you know, it's all the sweeter, I think, for the, the positive things that have happened this year because I'm doing it my way um and not the way of um you know the way that that mark zuckerberg thinks i should um you know that, that i think that that for me that that makes it all the sweeter it's a it's a true victory yes i i love it so keep doing what you're doing and i would be very remiss if i didn't thank you for all the amazing blog posts you've contributed to the blog this year because i've enjoyed absolutely every single one of them and look forward to them uh, so do, are there any that stand out for you as some of your favorites? Um, I think, again, I was, I was, I was doing a bit of a, a rebrowse of what I've produced this year on that front as well today and trying to, to figure it out. But, uh, I think two probably stand out and what, one is an obvious one with, I, I suppose, some of the things I've talked about today, which is, you know, climbing a mountain to take a picture. Um, and again, I think that's where my girlfriend and I were going for a weekend away and we like to walk. So I also knew for well I was going to take a camera and a tripod up there and do the same thing. Um, and it was great to tell a slightly different story, I think, um, on that one and kind of showcase how far I'm willing to go to take a picture. But again, I think there is an influence where I'm enjoying the landscape more and how can I put... I like the challenge of how do I put, you know, a you know a four bricks tall figure into a landscape or how do i put a six inch tall figure into a landscape where the camera is just having a, a head fit because it just doesn't know what to focus on or how to get it and those are the challenges and, and working through so i think that one stood out very much and i got a lot of positive feedback on that one uh, the other one that was a particular standout for me was probably my recreation of mustafar um and and making a diorama out of jelly or jello um purely just because the house stank of jelly and it was a very unique way to do things um but i'm just so happy with those results of shining some torches through a floor of jelly made lava so um those are my two i think that for me for special reasons stand out but yeah like you say that the, the feedback on on what's there has it's been super positive so thank you for everyone who leaves comments or, or does even read it and hopefully get something from it. Um, and as I say, it's definitely making me better at explaining what I do because I think um, 
looking at other photographers who tend to always have a behind the scenes shot or things like that. I tend to have taken my picture and I'm off to the next place or doing the next thing. And I've completely forgotten about what did I set that up? Like, how did I do it? Um, so much so the amount of times I've caught myself not even changing my aperture on my camera because I've got I've got another idea. Quick, take a picture, um, do a new setup. So I think, again, it's it's definitely helping me think about the bigger picture of what I do. How do I set myself up? And being a bit more considered so so again thank you for the opportunity because it's it's making me a better photographer for sure well we appreciate it you the, your willingness to share i've given this a lot of thought about the behind the scenes from outdoor photographers versus indoor photographers indoor photographers studio photographers seem to take behind the scenes like a drop of a hat like they're like like show their whole setup and they're doing like reels and they're like doing all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you do that? Because when you're out in the field, you're like, you know, am I stepping in the mud? Where's my camera bag? Have I lost any figures? How is the light changing? It's like, you're like, you you know, like you've got all these things you're dealing with behind the scenes photo is literally the last thing on your mind. And then when you get the photo, you're like, yay, I got the photo. I'm so excited. It was like, you're not documenting anything. That what that 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 term that you just said is the last thing on your mind is literally how it works for me. Which I just take the pit the, the the behind the scenes afterwards. It's it's just do what I need to do in the moment, deal with it, and everything else can come afterwards. Like you know, I say I watch a lot of kind of landscape photography videos, and you're like, it's all faked, isn't it? You know, they're not in that exact moment taking that picture. They're talking to you afterwards, and and I think that's the thing. It's like if you can tell the story with the imagery and, and what you provide in the behind the scenes that's all that it really it needs to do so yeah 100 percent. it's it's literally an afterthought because you are knee deep in mud or you know trying not to put your face in the mud because your camera has to be upside down because you've got to reverse your tripod um because you know you want the figure at, at, at eye level i've always thought it's very important generally to you're shooting face on be at the level or be lower make these things feel bigger than they are because otherwise they'll always feel like toys we're not going to get that scale play that I was talking about earlier so yeah quite regularly when i've got my head upside down trying to 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 look at the viewfinder um so much so i started looking at should i get a field monitor the other day just to make my life easier i mean but then i thought it's another thing to carry um <laughs> So yeah. you're already at a pretty heavy backpack there that throw a field monitor in there. That's exactly. So yeah, but no, definitely it's uh, it, but doing the blog has definitely made me consider that more because I want to share that and I want to I want to kind of show most of this is pretty basic and easy. It's just what you're learning and as you're going and if you can share that then hopefully more people can take that, take it to another place, learn something new, change something, put their spin on it learn something back because we're all learning from each other on oh that's so true and when you said earlier that there's no original ideas it's just borrow 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 and it's how you put it through your filter yeah. that's where the originality comes from and if you know who you are and what you want to say you can borrow freely from everybody but when you put it through your filter you're going to come out with something completely different there's just you you can't help it yeah too true yeah yeah uh, I hope I really hope people will go back and, and check out the climbing the mountain uh, blog post and the jelly. A, you're not supposed to play with your food, but you do it beautifully. And climbing the mountain, I laughed all the way through because I'm I'm imagining you do that, and I loved how you uh, um, 
what drew on the photos and said, this is where we're going. This is where I was at. And plus you did link that photo, right? Was that link in the photo on that one? Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite figures. And it was just, it was just such the perfect location for him. Yeah. I was so glad when they decided to re-release that figure this year or last year, um, that went on pre-order. Um, but, but yeah, I'm a Nintendo kid at heart. Um, again, never growing up, you know, link Mario. Um, and, the, the kind of shift I've taken in my photography of, of getting out there and seeing things kind of links almost the perfect character for it, right? He goes on adventures, you know, into the big wide world and, you know, we're, we're a very green country, you know, so that also works works quite well, being a forest kid as he is. He is, he's great. I had to uh, make a little Lego version of him because there isn't one. So I found somebody who had done a 3D shield and sword and hat which was his ears, and I yep. sent it to Dennis Crash Override down in California, yep. and he painted up them for me so I could have my own little link, because otherwise, you know... Everyone needs a link. Everybody needs a link. Like, the best character for adventures. Yeah. So you have this very unique style, and you've really gone to great pains to explain how it started from point-and-shoot on the snowfield down to this, like, ridiculous setup with your Frankenstein lens. Yeah. Uh, any advice that you would like to pass on to a new toy photographer about how they can find their own unique style? I think I think finding your style is, is probably the biggest thing because if we go back to that first picture I took, um, I didn't know it, but that was clearly my style then. And I'm you know I'm very proud of those photos, even though it was just me playing with a snow trooper, a lens flare, and a, a point and click. Um, and I went away from that for a very long time. And then I find my way back there again. So I think your style finds you would probably be my biggest bit of advice. Um, but you're more likely to find it if you keep playing, keep experimenting, and just not standing still. Um, again, I think visually, um, I struggle to to think about what my style is. I think it's much easier with some other photographers. Um like we've talked about, I, I tend to get bored and go to different subject matters, whether they be spaceships or Lego or action figures or whatever. So that means that I work in a lot of different ways. But uh, I think it's just the experimenting and the playing because, you know, again, being an artist, you learn more from your mistakes than you ever do from your successes. Um, and the more you play, the more mistakes you will make, which will mean you will in turn get more successes further down the line but i'd never want to sit still and i'd never want to accept this is who i am and what i do now um so yeah it's why my camera used to be you know from front to back about four inches and now it's 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 about a foot and a half long um and needs a whole kind of structure to hold it upright because it's it's too heavy but it's just learning and it's just evolving and and just trying new things and I want to do this. You know, Google's great. You just ask it. How do I do that? And and you might have to, like you say, steal this from over here and that from over there and try and put them both together to make it work for our tiny little people. But uh, but yeah, I think it's, I just, I just enjoy playing and experimenting and making special effects and all that kind of stuff. And as a result, if you do that, I think you'll get interesting results. That's my general consensus of how I, I kind of do it and hopefully you know other people can can see that they do similar things 
I think that's great advice is just keep playing, keep experimenting, keep pushing your boundaries, whatever they are, and your and your style will find you. Definitely. That's, just, that's beautiful. I love that. Uh, so can you last last question and we'll wrap this up is what's in store for you this year? What are your goals? What are you pursuing? So I think it's going to be interesting to try and kind of compete with what's happened this year. Um, but I think I ne- I didn't go into this year with any of these, should we call them events or, or happenings taking place? That wasn't my intent. So I think kind of probably my thought process for the next year would be similar, which would be, okay, what are, what are my creative drives? Um, and I think it's quite obvious from what we've talked about so far getting out into the world and into that landscape um getting those kind of you know westerns and and samurai kind of shots it's really inspiring me at the moment um more of that i've really as as heavy as that camera is i really enjoy the results of getting out there and and doing those things that you know you you just can't quite achieve the same thing with with fabricated light as you can with real light can you um so true just can't do it so you know again standing on you know basically in a desert with boba fett at sunset it it it, it, it's it's a special moment um and it it needs to happen more so you'll definitely be seeing more landscape style shots from me and i'm really enjoying the the challenge of getting things all be in focus together um because that's that's special um i think i need to do more spacemen I've not done enough spacemen this year, um, and I know that that's been something that's kind of stepped away. And I really enjoyed, and and you've probably seen it with many of my photographs, that I think my special effects really kick in when the spacemen are around. Um, And that's where a lot of my experimenting, whether that be light painting or using a lazy Susan to to make lights orbit spacemen or... um, you know, removing their heads and putting lights in inside, you know, playing with that kind of, I don't know, I kind of look at it as somewhere between, you know, The Thing or 2001, um, just kind of visual influences, but but really kind of, I think my lighting has been really influenced by how much I've played with Spaceman. I've not done enough of that this year. Um, and probably Spaceships, I've just not done enough as my, you know, my trifecta of action figures, Lego people and spaceships there's not been enough spaceships need more action shots so maybe some more blurry photos because um, i've not done enough of those this year well you're not going to get any arguments for me i mean it, more landscapes definitely i i'm super excited for that space spacemen i'm i've been missing them so bring it on and i can't wait to see what you do with spaceships that that sounds so exciting because it makes me think of your Superman blur photos, which are just amazing. And to be able to do that with ships or even the special lighting in your in your fish tank with the with the atmosphere. I'm yep. like, hmm, what's he going to do here? That sounds super excellent. I love it. Can't wait. Cool. Well, hopefully. I'll achieve some of those things and we'll see where they take me. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, no, it's not, there's nothing to top is there. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be an amazing year. 
Oh, thank you, Tom, for being so open with me about your process and sharing your talent with the toy photography community. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for taking the time to have this amazing conversation with me. It was well worth the wait. So I appreciate that. No worries. You're more than welcome. And you are too kind with your words when you talk to me about my work and you talk to others about my work. But I really do appreciate kind of the opportunities that you've helped with um, and obviously sharing sharing the word, I guess, and spreading it. So it's, um, yeah, it's great to be involved. And thank you for the opportunities to come from being involved. Thank you. It's Mutual Admiration Society. We'll just keep it going and more here in 2022. Indeed. Excellent. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Toy Photographers Podcast. I appreciate you. Uh, Stay tuned for more interesting conversations with members of our community. We'll see you down the road. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photoblog, or on Instagram, at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening.